new Wales women's coaching team in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, we'll look forward to the Georgia game this weekend as well, finding some of the surprising connections between players and coach Wayne Pivak's selection. But we'll start with the new people in charge of Wales women in an announcement this week. Former USA Women's Sevens assistant coach Warren Abrahams is the full-time Wales women's head coach. And 67 times capped former Wales captain and North Wales Academy coach Rachel Taylor has been appointed as full-time Wales women national skills coach. Respectively, they're the first black national Wales coach and the first woman to be a full-time professional international coach in Wales. Plenty to talk about, starting with Warren. I'm hugely excited about the new role. Like we all know, it's been a challenging year so far for all of us. But for me personally, yeah, it's a great platform to be part of a special group. So now I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in and getting on the grass and, and do what we do. Born in South Africa, of course, but you have travelled the world with rugby, haven't you? Yeah, as you can tell, obviously, from how I sound, uh, born and bred in, in South Africa, in Cape Town, where I, uh, where I grew up. Uh, all my family is still over there. Came over here as a 23-year-old, very young and naive, took a gamble, jumped on a plane, had a little bit of savings. Yeah, and I had to, unfortunately, get to where I am today, the hard way and the long way, and sort of navigate my way through all the obstacles. But I'm grateful for that because it's made me a pretty resilient person. Hopefully I can just share those experiences uh, with my team now as well. Eight years with Harlequins, nearly five years with England Sevens. First Sevens international opportunity I had, I, I coached Lithuania. At the time, I didn't even know where the country was um, when I got a phone call, but I was out there and it was, again, <laughs> learned some incredible lessons. And then, yeah, small stint, trying to help the Germans with their Olympic Sevens qualifiers. Before I was, I went over just early last year to, to join the USA team for their Olympic campaign. And now I find myself here. So, yeah, that's a snapshot of the journey. Well, we can just say Christ-Sagunri, welcome to Wales um, for our part as well. Um, and of course, you are uh, the first black person to be a head coach of a national side here in Wales. How much pride do you feel in that role now? I sort of reflected on it a little bit this morning when I saw the the announcement. Uh, it's pretty special to have that strap line or tagline or I always refer to this if it's now uh, an opportunity for others to see it's possible it is um, I always believe if you can see it you can dream it and if you can dream it you can be it so it's a great platform I want to be a role model not just for black and ethnic minorities I want to be a role model for everyone who aspires to to achieve great things and I think hopefully with this the positivity behind it it's people can can see it's possible. I think that's the most important thing for me. It's obviously very positive, but it's also probably a little bit disappointing that we in 2020 are still having conversations like this, but it's a start. And I think it, it's a start of, of something special and I can use this platform to educate and help and guide others. Deep down in the heart of hearts is a pretty special, special moment for me and my family. When you do look back at 2020, of course, and Black Lives Matter, which again, you have spoken openly about, it's still so much part of 2020. 
Therefore, how important do you feel this role is for you when you do take all of that into consideration as well? Uh, yeah, look, pressure is only what we put on ourselves. So it's just a great opportunity. We've got well, 36, 38 weeks before we jump onto a plane to the Rugby World Cup. So we've got limited of time, but um, I can only manage the pressure that I put on myself. That is the, the external noise. That noise can look after itself. It's a platform where, where I can help and guide and educate in terms of Black Lives Matter as been discussed. And obviously in the world we are at the minute, it's a very highly discussed topic. But most importantly, it is not an opportunity because of Black Lives Matter. It's an opportunity because I've worked incredibly hard to get to where I am today. So the coaching is all that can do the talking. I hope that answers your question. What can we see from Warren Abrahams and from his squad now going forward? It's a short window we've got, but most importantly, it's also a long window we have. So we're building for the future. There's a lot of things that comes with that in terms of growing the game. Ultimately, we want to grow participation. I want my team to represent Wales to the best of their ability. We're going to be competitive on a daily basis. The most exciting part of this is well, Welsh people are naturally passionate people so they're really passionate about the game I can just feed that passion as a coach so ultimately we want to be role models for young female rugby players so they can take up the ball and that's the representation of what I'm hoping this team will bring and me personally there's two key things I want to bring love into this environment because when we love what we do we're passionate and we're courageous and, and you know what happens when people are courageous and that's a vital ingredient to this program and then most importantly stability alongside uh, my management team and obviously Rachel alongside me we want to bring stability to the Welsh women's team maximize the human potential ultimately. And how important is having someone like Rachel, who's such a well-known face, well-known player here in Wales and beyond? How important is it that you do have the input that she has as well? It's amazing for me. And I, I asked Rachel these questions a few weeks ago in terms of what does it mean to be Welsh? What does it mean to be a Welsh female? What does it mean to be a Welsh female rugby player? These are important questions for me that I, I ask because I need to really understand the Welshness and having her in my camps is just going to help me and support me with that. Most importantly, she's also a female. So we, we've talked about the first. She's going to be the first professional female coach. That is incredible as well. So it just shows and demonstrates the diversity we are prepared to bring to this program. So for me personally, Rachel understands the landscape. The cool thing is we almost share like a similar coaching story where we had to come through the community side and I really love that because she understands the fine details about coaching and it's my role as the head coach to, to support and guide her through that for her to be at her optimal best but now she's going to be incredible she's been to three rugby world cups I've never been to a 15th rugby world cup so she's already got loads of experience there but most importantly she's captain Wales so in terms of that leadership skills she's been there she's done it so I've got to squeeze every drop out of her to to ensure she's at her very best and together I think we've got good chemistry so far <laughs> we've had many conversations and now I'm pretty excited to have her and we'll get the best out of each other. What visions do you have for the women's game on all levels here in Wales? 
Yeah, I think firstly, it's a real positive for us that almost 90% of our squad is playing in what's regarded as one of the best female rugby leagues in the, in the world. So in terms of that, they can competitive rugby week in, week out. It just opens the door for quite a number of players because they're competing consistently. And it's also good because we see good combinations playing in certain teams. So from that point of view, it's, it's incredible. But just imagine if we can create our own platform in Wales where in a few years down the line we can have a competition where people are just talking about it as a world-class competition in our own backyard and again what we can do with this team if we can role model these type of behaviors and create interest and encouraging young female players to get involved in the game ultimately what we do will sort of grow with that. So it's important for us to keep that in the back of the mind, just as all the teams prior to us has created this moment for us to be here today. So we've got to continue that legacy and, and ultimately grow the game. But hopefully in a few years' time, this team can be a great product of producing that league in our own backyard. How will you deal with the fact that many of your players have full-time jobs and come to you, you know, after a day's work. Number one, the women's game is the fastest growing sport in the world at the minute. Rugby uh, needs to open its eyes a little bit in terms of how we spread our net a little bit wider. Because if, if we cater things differently, we're going to recruit more people to the game, especially from the female side. Now, of course, to truly develop a world-class, high-performance environment you would want full-time athletes. With where we are currently, we're not full-time. We have to do our utmost best that we can do and control to strive to be competitive when we jump into this Rugby World Cup. So ultimately, I would want my girls to around juggling everything they do. And as I highlighted before, I, I understand it's going to be tough. We've all got challenges. We're going to have to balance things a, a little bit differently they are already very resilient. So for me as a coach, I'm going to have to use and try and turn that into a positive and use the sort of lessons we learned from there to our advantage. But ultimately, in the future, and our long-term plan and our vision is to have a high-performance program where all our girls who truly deserve that is, is full-time athletes. But that's in the future, and we're going to do our very best to make sure we are competitive on a daily basis. Rachel, how do you feel about getting this role? Really grateful for this opportunity. I guess everyone on this call now knows the impact that the pandemic's had on rugby and sport in generally, not just women's um, sport, but across the board. And rugby's been particularly hard hit because of its qualities as a, as a sport. But obviously for me, it's, it's a great opportunity, as Warren alluded to. You know, it hasn't been the easiest of roads and I've tried to immerse myself in as many experiences and give myself as many opportunities as I can to open up this. And I suppose I'm probably grateful to lockdown in a way because it helped me probably kind of like refine and decide what I, I really wanted to do and my, and my aims and my aspirations as a coach. Having that time off helped me decide that. So gave me probably that chance to refine where I see myself going in the future. And undoubtedly, like, you know, I would love to be an international head coach. I think I'm still a really raw in my coaching. You know, I have a wealth of experience in the game and done a, a number of things from community to, to age grade. But to take something, you know, as a collective and as a journey and as a, as a one team at an international level, you know, I don't have that experience for. And that's where I'm really grateful now to work with Warren because, you know, he, he's so 
seasoned in in that area that I think I'll only learn from that you know I've been really lucky in the last couple of years to be on some some great uh, initiatives not only from World Rugby but obviously with the Welsh Rugby Union and, and Wuzler which is all about growing the female coaches within the game and not just rugby across sports across women's coaching globally now um, and I think you know we've seen probably in the last 12 months like a real growth around that area and a real interest and encouragement and I think my appointment here I hope will spur people on to keep going and to keep coaching you know we mentioned that maybe I'm the first one to be professional but I'm certainly not the first one without them doing that I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to go into coaching myself so hopefully on the flip side of that me doing this will will inspire some other people to step forward as well been part of that team before where we probably felt that we were on the cusp of something as a group but now I genuinely feel there is a shift in momentum things are going in the right way and I can lend my support to that and I think that level of stability that Warren mentioned is really important right now like we need to have direction we need to have diversity and that stability I think will just reassure that group of players that you know it's not going to be easy it's not going to be easy for anyone coming off the back of this (laughs) pandemic but I think if we all stick together and, and follow that the leadership that Warren's going to bring, hopefully things will turn in the right direction for us. Over the last year, there's been names missing, coaches leaving. Is this a clean sheet for everyone that's been involved in rugby in the last few years? Because as we know, there's been questions asked about why certain players haven't been included back in squads. For, for you and Warren's point of view, is everyone now at the same starting point? We've both come in and with fresh eyes and I think that's the opportunity everybody needs. I think when there's competitions that are coming up in the future you know not just with the world cup but with the commonwealth games we're hoping that that ignites people out there that maybe have ambitions to play for wales to say that there's a great opportunity to come in the future and to be part of something new there's a great group of um, players there now currently and they've done a fantastic job and they're all performing really well in the premiership so hopefully you know it's a win-win for for warren and i because it just means that that'll drive competition drive numbers and, and hopefully Put them on a bit of a pedestal, which obviously, as you know, will just drive more internal competition and keep raising the profile of the game in Wales. Rachel, many congratulations on your role within the setup as well. First professional female coach. About time? Uh, yeah, I think so, if I'm being brutally honest. I know there's been some pretty amazing role models, you know, people I've looked up to previously that have done coaching roles, but to have something that's um, that professional full-time contract is huge. As Warren alluded to, like with... We shouldn't be talking about first national black coach in 2020. You know, that should be a given now that those opportunities are there. And I think it's just, it adds to that level of diversity that we've got in the coaching team and and hopefully a visual statement that these things are achievable if if people want them. It's a great name to have, Warren, if you want to be a successful Wales coach. Is he a role model of yours? Yeah, (laughs) thank you for the the question. Yeah, no, uh, he's done great work with Wales for the 12 years he was there. It's definitely someone that I, I sort of look to as you aspire to as a, as a young coach in terms of high-profile coaches. Warren Gatland is, yeah, he'll be up there with, which is perceived as world-class coaches as all some of the international coaches are in the men's game. But yeah, probably not a bad name to have, first name, I suppose. Great. So Warren's obviously going to rely heavily on your knowledge of Welsh rugby as well as coaching ability. Just wondering how you've described the state of the Wales international team to him on the back of the Six Nations and compared to the other countries around. Where do you think Wales sits? 
I've been out of that environment. 2017, I retired, coached with the Barbarians against Wales. That was probably the, the closest I've seen to them as a, a squad and their identity. But I think probably what's been exciting is that there has been a period of change. I think there's a group of players now with real ambition to achieve something. And I think that's probably what's really exciting. I think they're probably punching well above their weight within Premiership for, for those that are there. And it has been difficult. And I think that perhaps constant change and, and that lack of direction and, and real focus is is really difficult as a player. You know, I can reflect on it in my playing days and, and it, it is hard. And I think where we can probably galvanise the squad now is give them that reassurance I suppose that there's that stability there there's that opportunity there and, and try and get them to relax and play to their ability because you know you'll all have seen the capabilities that this squad has got and the wider squad has got as well and I think that's what's the most exciting thing you know if we can unpick that and we can give them that unique um, selling point then hopefully they, they can do something but you know it was a difficult year last year with the Six Nations and results but Warren's already said his road's been bumping. He's had loads of fights and you know, for different battles, whether that be race or, or equality, you know, gender equality. I think this team has come through an awful lot as well. And sometimes that's actually a real string to have in your bow because you know your team's resilient and got grit and, and has um, a real burning ambition to change things. And I think that's probably where we're really fortunate is that this group of players want something to change and they want it to be different. And I guess that's the exciting part, you know, it seems like there's a, a shift in momentum and it's going to be a real privilege to, to be part of that. And you must really love the A470 to take on this job, <laughs> or do you get some of the training sessions up in North Wales, maybe? We were talking yesterday about some reasons why you're involved in rugby and it had me thinking in the evening and some of my, my fondest memories, obviously, were, were being part of the RGC squad, which obviously the first time we'd ever had a North Wales region right at the end of my career and then probably getting to watch when Wales played up in Arias Park you know that's something I never thought I'd see and certainly not in, in the near future when I was playing and to have them up here had been brilliant and I think it's really important that we show that you know as a nation it doesn't matter whether you're from North Wales, South Wales, East or West you know you've got a chance to be in this squad and a chance to be part of a coaching setup as well and those opportunities are there now for people to be had and I, I think it just highlights that and I do absolutely love the A470. Um, I'm just really glad that I've got some good podcasts and some audio books to have on my way uh, down and back. I'm more just one for you, if I, if I can. You're in charge of, of both the 15s and the 7s programmes. How do you see that working out? In particular, next year, there's potentially Olympics for some players, obviously the Rugby World Cup. Some would argue the Commonwealth Games gives a a unique opportunity for the Welsh women's game to be promoted. How do you see that balance between sevens and fifteens? It's pretty exciting from that point of view, and, and I'm quite lucky. I did it for five years while I was with Harlequins and England sevens, so I had the opportunity to go both sides on a daily basis, um, and it just makes you a better coach. But in terms of we've got the Commonwealth Games that sits there in, in 2022, so we we got to really define this model we we want to use. It's a great platform for us to be competitive when we get out there and and who knows it we might find a nice diamond that comes through the sevens rank that can push into the 15s but in terms of the role it's just 
real clarity in, uh, in terms of how we work with the, the management team and sort of cross over the two. Perhaps there's a, a perception that you've got to be either sevens player or 15s player. But again, if we, if we look uh, across the globe at the minute, you, you just see, and, and probably COVID has probably been probably the the best and the worst thing for the sevens game as well because a, a lot of the guys need to play in the 15s and you see the crossover and in the men's game in particular the some of the top end international players who came through the system you just look at Caleb Clark who's the all black winger so there's a great model we can build to make sure that we consistently feed both teams now obviously the sevens game is slightly different not everyone from a positional perspective, can play the game. But I think the two games could complement each other. And ultimately, it is into the success of the women's program for us. So now it's going to be pretty exciting how we're going to make sure that we maximize both parts of that program ultimately. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And it certainly will all be exciting. Best of luck to both Warren and Rachel in their new roles. On to the men's senior team and their Autumn Nations Cup game against Georgia in Lethley this weekend. And they could do with a victory. Coach Wayne Pivak has made plenty of changes to explore the depth of his squad. Yes, yeah, some of it is uh, forced through uh, injury and unavailability and others it's uh, the plan has always been to utilise the squad and I think we've said that we want to do that and we've certainly said that internally that by the time this game passes that uh, everyone in the squad would have had a, an opportunity both at training and in, in a match situation. So uh, we're sticking to that. Quite a remarkable story for James Botham who wasn't officially in the squad at the, uh, the start of the week. Yeah, so James, uh, we had a good look at him earlier in the campaign. So he's been uh, in training with us for a few weeks, uh, released to play for his club, and he impressed. Um, he's done very, very well because we've had, obviously, in Ross Moriarty and uh, Josh Navidi, a couple of guys who haven't been able to partake uh, so far. So he has been in and around the group. He's impressed. He's a player with a very big future, we believe. And in terms of the back line, you've got uh, two guys there making their debuts in Kieran Hardy and Johnny Williams. Two guys making their first starts in Callum Sheedy and Louis Rees Summit. Uh, talk us through those. Yeah, we see it as very exciting. Again, uh, we look at what they're doing in training, the, the hard work they've put in. You know, they've trained together pretty much for two weeks now because we've run, obviously, a couple of teams of training. And they've helped prepare the guys that played in the last two test matches. So it's sort of been uh, the other way around this week. It's looked really, really exciting. We're interested to see how these boys go. Was there any temptation to give yourself any more experience, either in the starting lineup or on the bench, just as uh, an insurance policy? There's some pretty experienced players unavailable. You know, Toby took a knock on the weekend, Jonathan Davies. So those guys have been ruled out. We had hoped that Ross and Navs might be back for this game, but uh, again, just uh, haven't quite made it. So if we had our way, there may have been a little bit more experience going with it. But uh, as I say, you know, we're confident this group uh, can get a job done for us. In terms of uh, Georgia, what are you expecting from them? Obviously, they haven't had quite the preparation they, they would have wanted. No secret, they've got a very strong forward pack. Their set piece is something that they pride themselves on. And territory is going to be important for us in this particular game, that we don't give them too many ins to get that set piece dominance that they have had previously in scoring opportunities. So previous games, it's well documented in terms of the number of turnovers we've had. Um, and in our selection, we've put in you know, who we think are probably the two best scrummaging props at the moment to give us the best opportunity to have a platform to play off for the, the exciting backline that we're putting out. 
a word on Ewan Lloyd, who could make a debut off the bench? He's a fantastic young talent. We're seeing that in training. He can cover 10 and 15, and he'll be doing that role off the bench this weekend. So he's been running both positions at training. Kicks off both feet, great footwork, good acceleration, and a confident young man. Both him and Callum Sheedy, I've got to say, have come from a very good environment at Bristol. You can see that. They're working really, really well with the guys around them. So I'm excited for both of them to get out there on this particular weekend. Now there are some fascinating connections among the new players in this Wales squad, and outside half Callum Sheedy's involved in a couple of them. Firstly, with Scarlet Centre Johnny Williams, who explained his reaction to earning a first cap. A lot of emotions, a lot of excitement, obviously, and a lot of nerves for that first game, no, no doubt. But, you know, I've been uh, patient for my opportunity. It's, it's taken me quite a lot of uh, graft and effort to get to here. So just grateful for it, to be honest. It's been one heck of a journey for you the last uh, couple of years, hasn't it? From uh, white shirt to red via, sadly, uh, a spell being treated for cancer on the way. Yeah, yeah mate, it's been a, an absolute roller coaster for me personally. But like for me, my goal is always just to be back on the field and having that focus to get to where I am today. And I've never taken my eye off the ball. Looking back, yeah, it was some some tough times, but it, it got me through. And now I'm here, ready to represent my, my country. And I'm really looking forward for, for the opportunity. At what point did you feel your ambitions moving uh, from one side of the border to the other then? I've always been a huge, huge supporter of Welsh rugby. Um, my dad's had a debenture, Millennium, the Principality, as it's called now, for many, many years. So ever since the age of six, I've been going. And so I've always been a huge, huge supporter of Welsh rugby. And and I do consider myself as Welsh, uh, just because I don't have the accent. You know, I still want to play for Wales. And, you know, I've got a good opportunity to do that on the weekend. And so I just hope I show my, my best self and, and play hard. Seems remarkable that you and uh, Callum Sheedy were in, in an England uh, 15, what, back just last year, though? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, again, that was a, just an opportunity where I could showcase myself and prove to myself that I was international rugby, but happier in a Welsh shirt and I look better in a red shirt. <laughs> I guess there were periods last year where you must have been uh, worried about your, your career in any, any shirt with the, the cancer diagnosis, though. Yeah, of course, that was worrying times. Touched on that a lot recently, but I look back on that and I, you know, I learned a lot for, for going through that. And I've come through again a bit of a roller coaster going through it. And I'm out the other side now and I'm back playing some really good rugby. And again, really looking forward to, to representing Wales on the weekend. Will it help, do you think, that it's at uh, Parker Scarlets where you've uh, played a little bit of uh, regional rugby? Yeah, of course. I'm familiar with the grounds and stuff. I still think it's, it is a massive shame not to be at the Principality. And, you know, that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to play for Wales. Obviously, looking on from when I was six and wanting to be on that pitch at the Millennium and experience that atmosphere, I know it's like, it's amazing there as well. So it doesn't ruin the occasion whatsoever. I mean, it's at the Park Sky, that's where I'm familiar with. And I guess that does ease it in for the first cap. Well, there's another connection between Sheedy and scrum half Kieran Hardy, who spent some time playing in Jersey together on their way through to the international scene. The Scarlet scrum half explains more. It is quite strange, to be honest. If you had told us that four years ago, we probably would have laughed at you. But um, no, it, it is nice to play alongside Callum. Obviously, I'm quite familiar with him. Played Wales 16s together and then we played in Jersey together for a few months. So I've known Callum for a long time and we're good friends on and off the field. So um, hopefully 
you know, that relationship will show on the field. Yeah, how much does that uh, help you in terms of uh, knowing where the other guy is likely to be at any given time? Yeah, it's just that familiarity, I think. Um, obviously, it's my first test match and it's his second test match. So, obviously, it's quite new to both of us. So, just having someone around you who you're quite familiar with in that situation obviously helps. Since you got back to Parker Scarlets, did you have your eyes on a cap from that moment on, really? Um, obviously, I think it's everyone's goal ultimately to play for your country, whoever you play for. But what initially when I came back to Scalas, I don't think it was um, someone who told me I'd be here, then I probably would have laughed, as I said earlier. So uh, when I first got back to Scarlas, it was just about trying to get on the field for the Scarlets, um, making sure that I did everything right to get an opportunity there, just take my opportunity when I got it. So best of luck to all of them against Georgia this weekend. We'll be looking forward to the England game next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.